And welcome into the shutout here on WJMU 89.5 The Quad. Nick and Felix here after an abbreviated dead period. Um, our Thanksgiving episode, in case you didn't know, was pre-recorded. And then Felix was in quarantine, so we haven't seen each other or really been able to get to the mics in about a week and a half here. So here we are. We're here in, in a room. <laughs> Not even in our studio. We're in a room. And... Uh, yeah, we're ready to bring you some sports news. How you feeling, Felix? Yeah, we're making the best of what we got. Um, NHL news, reverse retro jerseys were officially for sale. It's a good Christmas gift. I think uh, it's only about 160 when I was looking, or 170 but you can't, like, get a custom name, which kind of sucks. But, you know, if you're looking around that range, like $200 jerseys, some of them are pretty cool. So these are probably, you know once once in a while thing so you know get them soon who knows when you'll be able to actually wear them at a game um just read a report that was confirmed false that was if the nhl and nhl players association couldn't reach a deal then the season could be canceled but that was confirmed false you know thank heavens by tuesday the first of december i think so so yeah, hopefully all is well in the NHL. Still have no time period on the starting date. The NBA is starting when? Just uh, I think they're January. No, they're December twenty second. Is the NBA? Okay. They are back on December twenty second. The NHL still hasn't made a decision. I mean, the NBA made a decision pretty early. I so. think the NHL. I'm pretty sure they're targeting January one. I think they're going to start with the Winter Classics this year. Yeah. I think that was supposed to be like their kickoff event. Is um, that, are they going to have like a sh- – they're probably – they have to have a shortened season if they want the playoffs to be in the spring um, or summer. Well, I'll take a look here. I haven't seen anything. Uh, NHL, the start date was they talked about – I mean, they played a shortened season before for like lockouts and stuff. Oh, never so. mind. Gary Bettman today acknowledged that January 1 is now an unlikely start date. Yeah, especially so. when they haven't made a decision. I mean, the NBA made a decision a while ago, so – they are still, it appears, to be targeting an early st- like early January, but I think Jan 1 is probably not going to happen here. Um, so we'll see what develops with that, along with a couple basketball signings. Um, you know, that that's basically it. So that, that's all we have for kind of those two leagues. I mean, do you have any key basketball signings that you know of? Uh, well, today, actually, perhaps? LeBron James. LeBron James. A two-year, $85 million extension to his current contract. So he already has the contract that goes through this year. Um, and then he signed a, a two-year, $85 million deal. Pays him 41 and $44 million over those two years. Said at the end of that deal, like throughout that deal, he'll be making $1.36 every second. I just saw that in the post. Buck 36 a second. Just to... Just to 
be hanging around. Game, so. Um, so we've got that. Uh, that was really the only NBA news. Um, yeah, they're just looking to eye Anthony Davis. At this point, the NBA is essentially the Lakers. I hate the, uh, the NBA currently. I will not be watching a single game because it's just completely – it's pointless when you know that the Lakers are going to win when they proved that they were the front runners last year and then they won and now they're on pace to be even better and win again. Why would you even watch something that's just anti-competitive? So I have no idea what would be going on there, but it is what it is with the NBA and everything. So you can choose whether to watch it. I mean, Lakers fans, they, I'm sure they'll be happy to watch it, but... You know, I, as a, a fan myself, as a general basketball fan, I, I like a couple of different teams, like Pistons, like Spurs. I don't necessarily follow it closely, um, but just to have like these anti-competitive big teams in the NBA, especially when players are literally signing huge deals, um, just doesn't make any sense. Uh, you know, money, money is abundant in the NBA, so. I don't understand why these players don't want to move around and get these max contracts, but at the same time, I feel like the league's kind of broken because you know the Lakers can have enough money to extend LeBron James with all these players. So I don't, I don't necessarily understand how that's going on, but it is what it is. And like I said, with my opinion, I won't be you know, necessarily tuning into the NBA. Um, you know, I won't be anxious to be turning in, to be tuning into the NBA. Uh, moving on, we'll just generally recap the NCAA, their men's basketball since they're underway. Uh, the top 25 rankings, we'll just go through. Uh, almost all these teams are undefeated. Duke did lose to MSU yesterday. Kansas lost to Kentucky yesterday. Villanova lost to an unranked. Virginia lost to an unranked. Texas are you Texas surprised lost. that Virginia – we surprised Virginia lost to an unranked? Not I'm not. Really. I'm Kentucky not. is also one and two, which they just beat um, Kansas, so good sign for them. But on top we have Gonzaga at one, Baylor, and then down through the list I won't say the numbers. Baylor, Iowa, Wisconsin, Illinois, Duke, Kansas, Michigan State, Creighton, Houston rounds up the top ten, and eleven West Virginia, Villanova, Tennessee, North Carolina, Virginia, Virginia Tech, Texas, Texas Tech, Richmond, Kentucky, Oregon. Florida State, Ohio State, Rutgers, and Arizona State. So within that top ten, you know, four teams are Big Ten, three, four, five, and eight. Michigan State will get bumped up after beating Duke, probably to you know the top five. So you know the Big Ten is is doing. Well, I don't know about the top five. I mean, Duke was ninth coming into this thing. Yeah, Duke was Duke was six. Duke was six. Really six? Yeah, Duke was six in MSU. Oh, you know what? I bet with the new ranking there were. You're right. I'm thinking so, last week. Yeah. So those three teams dropping down, then Duke went up, and I think it's just a bigger statement because like these first two games at college basketball, they always play are just like trash teams. Like Duke's first game was against. I have no idea what the team was, but they scored like. 112 on them or something like that. Well, Illinois put uh, put a buck 22 on. Yeah. Uh, so like I don't know the name of the school. I can't, can't remember. Base anything off it right now on college basketball rankings, we're still looking at you know preseason polls. 
So the games that they play just don't matter unless you are getting upset like Virginia and things. That's going to hurt, yeah. Yeah, the games like that don't matter. So unless those teams that lost like can prove that it was a fluke and can prove that everything went wrong for them and then beat some conference teams and come back like that, it should be fine. So we'll see what happens. But yeah. for right now, uh, we're just getting started in conference play. It should be pretty exciting to watch regardless of you know what team you're a fan of just yeah. because you actually have some game action yeah i think a lot of the conference play is going to be exciting to watch this year um i think a lot of the you know we call them the power five in football a lot of those big schools you know big basketball schools are going to be looking and i think you know i think in a conference year you have a little bit less leeway you know like in, in, in a conference year like this year they didn't play as many at least in my opinion there weren't as many we have more options of canceling games these games mean more now within the conference. You might not see this team again before the conference tournament, you know? If you're Illinois and you're playing if you if you are a a number not what was was Michigan State? They were number 8. Number 8. If you're a number 8 and let's say that Illinois gets up to number 2, number 1. Illinois is playing good basketball. They get up to number 2, number 1. They're leading the conference and you're you're sitting at that one game back and your game against Illinois gets canceled. Your second game against Illinois gets canceled. Something happens. That game, you don't get to see Illinois again before the tournament, you know? I mean, you're losing chances against some of these valuable opponents. And it's just, I don't know, I think this year is one of those years, especially every game counts, especially getting into the conference play. Um, but I will think a lot of these are going to be fun to watch, especially, like we said, you know, we, we were talking before the show, the Big Ten is a going to be a slugfest as usual, but... Yeah. Over half the conference ranked or receiving votes already for the top 25. I mean, the Big Ten is going to be just fun to watch, and the, the top dogs really duke it out up there. Yeah, so it'll be exciting to see. Um, they just had their you know, two games played yesterday, MSU playing Duke and then Kentucky playing Kansas. But I think college basketball especially is a lot more fun to watch because those power you know, teams – like Kentucky, Kansas, we're kind of watching them, you know, get a little worse and worse. I mean, even Duke coming down, these teams are notorious for having, you know, the best coaches in the game. But at the same time, recruiting can sway so hard, whereas Alabama is getting these consistent recruits and is consistently the best school because they have four years to work with with the, you know, eligibility system. Basketball can be one and done. I mean, Duke lost a bunch of people. But if they didn't have that and they got a person like Zion, yeah, Duke would remain top for a long time. But, you know, now that these these one-and-dones come through and, you know, kind of mess up the system, you can pick what year you want to go into the draft. I'm not a big fan of that. But at the same time, it also helps these teams get noticed, helps other players on other teams get noticed, helps other teams, you know, come up into the top 25 rankings and play well in the tournament. So... I am a fan of it in that sense, but um, it, I think it's just a lot more entertaining because, I mean, we've seen Alabama dominate ever since, you know, me and Nick were kids, you know, being yeah. the top, in the top 25 at least, top 10, you know, for most of I don't think I've ever lives. seen Alabama, as far as I followed college football closely, which is from about age 10, you know, I've never seen Alabama outside of... As far in my recollection, you don't ever see him outside the top ten in football. Yeah, so and so yeah, think, you know, I just think it's more entertaining when you have these teams. I mean, yeah, we've seen Gonzaga as one of the top teams, but they've never been 
you know, oh Gonzaga, they're just at number one or number five. I mean, we're just yeah, yeah. They've they've been at the top five tier, you know, the top five level now for probably about three, four years. But they have never been like uh, you know a team that's like oh Gonzaga, like I know exactly I'm going to play basketball there. I mean, we've seen Arizona go up and down these couple years. We've seen. You know, Michigan enter and leave. We've seen, you know, a lot of Big Ten teams enter and leave. But we'll see where it goes this year. And basketball, I mean, NBA, college is so, is so just, you know, it's just you can change year to year just because one player can make so much of an impact. Yeah, so, I agree. I agree. So now moving into college football. Uh, let's take a rundown scores. of what happened last week. i got to get off the top 25 tab here. Uh, take a look down a rundown of what happened the uh, over the last week here in week 13. Um, Utah State beats New Mexico. New Mexico drops to 0-5 on the year. So another team, uh, I know it's in a G5, so it's not that noticeable, but uh, they did end up dropping in the Mountain West to 0-5. Notre Dame stays perfect at 9-0, 8-0 in ACC play with a 31-17 win over North Carolina. Uh, Ian Book with 279 and a score through the air, and Kyron Williams with a bu- or the 124 yards and two on the ground, as well. Iowa State gets the seven and two. They beat Texas 23 to 20. Texas dropping to five and three, and then an upset in a rivalry game. Oregon State beats number 15 Oregon 41 to 38. Oregon State a 22 point fourth quarter Jeez. against Oregon. 22 points in the fourth quarter there. Uh, Jermar Jefferson, 29 carries for 226 yards and two scores. He had something to say. I mean, he was going off. Uh, number 24, Iowa. They beat Nebraska 26-20. to Nebraska, who begged for Big Ten football back, is now 1-4. Are we surprised? No. Liberty, we have a shutout. We do have a shutout. Liberty shuts out 0-4 UMass, 45 to nothing. Um and even a better thing, 45 to nothing, and there was not a single point scored in the fourth quarter. <laughs> it was 45 to nothing at the end of the third. They decided that was enough. UCF over South Florida in a shootout, 58 to 46. So for the offensive fans, you would have loved that one. Uh, let's keep taking a look here. Stanford ekes out a one-point win over Cal, 24-23, surviving six a six nothing fourth quarter from Cal. You have to wonder if that was a missed PAT or if that was just field goals. A handful of canceled games this week as well. Um, Rutgers beat Purdue, and probably, you know, one of Jeff Brom's more humiliating losses of his career. Um, Rutgers, their second win on the year. They go to 2-4. Oh, Rutgers. 37-30. for being terrible. Illinois mercifully had their game against Ohio State canceled as Ohio State was dealing with a COVID outbreak. Uh, they're back on. Alabama remained number one undefeated at 8-0. They beat Auburn 42-13, and the Iron Bowl wasn't even close. Mac Jones, 302-5 and five touchdowns through the air. So, I wish, uh, actually going back, I wish that Ohio State would have just played with, like, every person on the COVID list just out. To eh, they still would have won. They, they still would have beaten Illinois. They still would have beat us. Yeah, We're terrible. Like a Denver Broncos situation. Yeah. Yeah. I think they definitely... They definitely could have. Uh, Clemson, they broke out the purple uniforms this week. And it's a rare sight. Clemson breaks out the purple unis. They clap 
Pittsburgh, 52-17. Trevor Lawrence is back under center there. 403 and two scores. So uh, Yeah, to everyone who said Trevor Lawrence isn't declaring for the draft, he walked out on senior night and also was talking about how he's going to miss playing there and how it's his last game at home. So pretty, you know, not official declaring for the draft, but pretty well sealed that he's most likely going to the draft. Uh, Texas A&M, number five. You know, Texas A&M has quietly been good this year. I, you don't think of Texas A&M sometimes. Uh, they beat a hapless LSU team 20-7. to LSU's only touchdown coming in the fourth quarter when the game was essentially over. Um, LSU has looked just terrible this year. And, you know, they lost a big graduating class with Joe Burrow. Ed Orgeron was quoted saying, you know, we're down. Essentially saying we're down now, but, it, like, I've, I'm here to build a program. And, you know, I built this program up from trash before. And I'll do it again. So yeah. I have no and, doubt that LSU will be back in yeah, a few and years. He lost eleven people last year to the draft. So yeah, he lost a lot. I mean, that's so, literally half your team, basically, not counting special teams. So yeah, we'll we'll see how how quick LSU rebounds. Uh, Florida, they are seven and one. They beat Kentucky thirty-four to ten. Northwestern, number eight. Northwestern goes down. It's the upset, guys. Michigan State, twenty-nine to twenty. Uh, and surprisingly, Michigan State has not looked well this year. No, two and three on the year, but that second win, a big one. Yeah. Georgia beats South Carolina. Coastal Carolina, they're still undefeated, actually. 9-0. and They beat Texas State 49-14 to on 20, uh, no, 35 first-half points. And Coastal Carolina, they're undefeated. You haven't heard about them in a while. They're only ranked at 20th and. You know, I think if if and when if and when they do keep winning, we're gonna hear the UCF argument again. Yeah. You're gonna hear it. now. Albeit this team, I don't think is as good as that UCF one. They haven't played the stiff competition, but you just gotta believe play. me, you, I think you just get handed a good bowl game and call it at that. It's not necessarily the playoffs. No. We're just gonna see if you survive. Uh, uh, you know, a team of you know Texas caliber, a team of Georgia or. Something like that, uh, where you know they're going to provide a challenge, but they, you know, t- like a team like Texas, they haven't had a terrible loss this year, and they're still pretty good. But you know they're not close to being ranked. They still have three losses, so uh, just giving them a team like that that's just of a higher caliber, uh, I think, would be exciting just to watch and to see how they fare. And then you can make the argument afterwards of like, oh, well, we could have been higher now that we beat Texas by 40. So, Yeah. Uh, Oklahoma State beats Texas Tech in a 94-point game, 50-44. to 44. Defense non-existent. Michigan State loses – or Michigan State, excuse me. U of M, Michigan, loses to 0-5 Penn State. I'm looking at you here. Yeah. This that's... is you. When, when do you fire Harbaugh? When does it happen? When do the khakis yeah. get marched out the door? Yeah, I'm not too sure. I mean, it's just at this point we just can't – Michigan just can't catch a break or win a game. Um, we've consistently been overrated in the preseason rankings. It just shows how broken the AP polling is and, you know, shows how much that they really don't know from a team-to-team basis because I'm pretty sure we were ranked. So – it's just the fact that Michigan hasn't had a quarterback in a while and we haven't been winning just because of that. We've been relying on defense and just more complete team, and I think that's kind of failing. So I think uh, one one recruit could maybe turn it around. I think this is the first really bad year under Harbaugh. So 
I think we give him maybe one more year and just to see if he can turn around with recruits. Maybe we'll see some urgency in recruiting and we'll see how much he can sway that name in the program and see what he can do next year. But I think if next year is anything like this year, he'll he'll be gone. And I think his contract, I think it might be a contract year next year as well. Yeah. Um, now moving on to the feature story of the week. So in the MAC, there was just a game between 3-0 Kent State and 3-0 Buffalo. At the half, Buffalo led the game 35-24. to You know what's better than putting up 35 points in the first half? Putting up 35 more points in the second half and winning 70-41. to But even what's more impressive than that is a young man named Jarrett Patterson. Now last week he ran for 300 yards and several scores on the ground. Everyone maybe called it a fluke. What a game. Maybe never happen again. And against 3-0 Penn State... Or 3-0 Kent State, Jarrett Patterson had 36 carries for 409 yards and 8 touchdowns. 8. Count them. 8. 48 of his teams. 48 of his team. He could have beat Kent State on his own. No extra points. Nobody else. 48 points off the legs of Jarrett Patterson on the ground. Absolutely unreal. What do you say? Yeah. The kids rush for 700 yards in two weeks. It's hard because we haven't really heard of any like success stories coming out like that. Like, uh, oh, I can't remember his name, but came out of South Dakota State. You thinking? Oh, running back. Yeah, his name. I forgot what his name was, but his last name was with a Z anyway. Um, but he was really good. And he just never got playing time in the NFL. So we'll see what happens. We'll see how much they like, you know, what they're seeing out of the, in this kid from Buffalo. And, you know, hopefully he gets a shot. But, you know, you're the big-time running backs coming into the NFL have came from, you know, big-time schools. Like, you know, Christian McCaffrey come from Stanford. and uh, Saquon, Saquon comes, comes out of Penn, Penn State. State. Kareem so, Hunt did come out of Kent State. Yeah. So he was kind of a small-time school running back. Um, so. Let's see here. Uh, that happened. Um, later in the week, uh, Vanderbilt made history with the with Sarah Fuller. She won earlier in the week, won the SEC title for women's soccer with the Vanderbilt soccer team, uh, women's soccer team. And then she later in the week was the kicker for the Commodores, as they took on Missouri, she had a second-half opening kickoff, went 27 yards on a designed squib kick. She's the first woman to appear in a Power 5 uh, football game. So, you know, you always love to see a great thing, another person accomplishing or um, proving that, you know, it really doesn't matter the gender of the individual so long as they have the skills to be on that field. Um, unfortunately, Vanderbilt did not give her a chance. She was slated to handle field goal duties with the kicker out. She was the, the place kicker for the team. Unfortunately, uh, didn't get to get out there and kick anything because the team lost 41-0. to They were stomped and just run over by a Missouri team that looked much better. 41 to nothing, a shutout. It's It was bad. Yeah. Vanderbilt is 0-8. They and fired their head coach. It's bad. It's just and bad. And she has been named the place kicker for next week, so hopefully they actually score and we can see an extra point attempt, a field goal attempt, anything, just something more than a kickoff. A kickoff, to, yeah. You yeah, know, to, to really I feel like that was that gauge. was – that was the disappointing part, you know? It wasn't the fact that, like, 
people have said what they want about the day. Oh, it only went 27 yards, whatever. You know, and, and, you know, the real shame was that the offense was so bad that she didn't get to try anything. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you would think that for a debut game, you want to have you want to have something and. It wasn't her fault she didn't get to try a field goal. The offense sucked. They were terrible. Yeah. They, they got they got shut down, erased. That head coach was. That was fired. I mean, he, he's bad. Probably got fired. He did. For, Maybe for, for that. No, no. For, yeah, for, for calling a swim kick because I have no idea why you'd even do that. You wouldn't swim kick up 21-0. At the half. Yeah, you're giving them. Unless, unless I could see it. it. Yeah, I, I could see it. You know, unless. Well, and no, no. Actually, according to the head coach, that was they designed the squib kick because that is the kick that she is more used to striking as a goalie. You know, she's not used to. Well, they were saying as a goalie that she is not used to getting under the ball and driving it. They said that she's used to striking it low, mid under the ball to drive it out, not up, but out. So I think the squib kick was designed to. to drive the ball further out than up and just try and put as much mustard on it as she could, which I think she did. So, you know, I, all in all, we'll see what happens. Like you said, we'll see what happens this week, and I'd love to see your yeah. score some points for this Vanderbilt team. Yeah, because um, you, you just, I mean, you can't just, if you could swip kick every kickoff, you probably would see it more often, but we see people driving it through the end zone. So yeah. maybe we'll see if another week of practice well, she yeah, can get yeah. under it. I think that she'll also, yeah, you'll, she'll learn to get under zone, it. So. We'll she's see what happens. As a as a division one keeper, you know she has the leg for it. Yeah. Yeah. So you know she's got the leg to get it out there. So Yeah, it's just gonna come with practice. So we'll, yeah. we'll see. We'll see what develops from that and we'll see if Vanderbilt can score a point. Um Duke, you know, they lost in basketball. Georgia Tech smacked them in football, fifty six to thirty three. Um they are not a football school. <laughs> yeah. You know, I if this if this podcast ever does, if we ever get to the point where we have video, I'm gonna get a Kansas Jayhawk and put it on every time like Stephen A does with the Cowboys. Have you seen the score of the Kansas game? Fifty nine to twenty three. Against who? Kansas State. No, no, TCU. Not Kansas. <laughs> TCU. This is embarrassing. You're getting pieced up by a sub five hundred. You're terrible. O and eight, O and seven in the Big Twelve. You you're bad. You're trash. You should be fired. What's worse, they had the leading rusher, receiver, and passer in the game. So what were these scores? I haven't even looked. I haven't looked. I haven't done my due diligence to look and see if they, what, what, what did you give them, eight pick sixes? They had three different people pass the ball for them. Their starting quarterback, Jalen Daniels, four for 13, 57 yards and a score. Four for 13? Miles Kendrick comes in, does about average. 11 for 18, buck 66, two scores in a pick. Okay. What? Did we rush the ball? We ran the ball well. Amori Pasek Hickson, 22 carries for 100 yards. He was over over four and a half. But it was as a team, they averaged negative 23 and a half yards. As a team, as what? Oh, the rest of the team. The team, I think this might be sacks. I'm not sure what this is. They had negative 47 yards, like team carries. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is, but it all equaled out to 43 carries for 41 yards. TCU <laughs> TCU had 41 carries for 337 yards on the ground. They had Zach Evans, 100 yards. Darwin Barlow, 83 yards. Max Dugan had 61 yards on three carries. Kendra, Kendra Miller, 53 yards. Amari Demercado, 33 yards. Tay Barber, one rush, seven yards. 
this Kansas team gets beat in everything they do. They they had the the leading this what as a team they lost three fumbled three times lost one of them recovered two fumbles I'm not sure how that works do they have what what do they do pick sixes can I I need to see the scoring how do you lead the game in everything and lose that bad I I need to know scoring plays let's see what was the scoring plays it was twenty four to nothing before they scored a point twenty four to six. It was a Kwame Lasseter, the second 48-yard pass from Jalen Daniels. They failed the two-point conversion. At, at the half, it was 38-12. to 12. At the end of the third, it was 45-20, to 20, and then they just piled on more points in the fourth. At one point, this was 59-20. to 20. They got a field goal with four and a half minutes to go. 48-yard field goal. This is the epitome of embarrassment. This is as low as it gets. You are 0-8. You know, in the intro, it said it's me talking about how Kansas, third week by 30 points. This is like seven. <laughs> seven weeks in a row. All right, Kansas. We're going we're gonna to take a look. We're going to take a look because this is laughable at this point. <laughs> you're just bad. You're bad. You are just bad. Uh, you're a bad football team. You lose by how many points a week? Oh, your game against Texas got postponed, thank heavens. You would have lost that one by 60 points, too. You're terrible. This is just pathetic. You have Texas to... Oh, they rescheduled Texas. For the last week... So the last game of the year... The last the game of the year... You're going to walk out there. It is a home game. Texas. You're going to walk out there in an empty stadium, which would be empty even if you had the fans there. And you're going to play Texas. They'd be drunk out their mind. You're going to play Texas and lose by 70 on senior day. This is what it's going to come to. You're going to be 0-10 and, and lose to Texas by who knows how much. You, you have never been. You have never been as a football team within a score of winning a game this year. Is Texas quarterback a senior? Is Sam it Ellinger? Ellinger? I believe he is. He can have his senior day on their field after he had his own already. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think his draft stock is that high, which is confusing because he's done pretty well this season. From what yeah, I know. this is just embarrassing, Kansas. Get it together. Please, upset someone. Please do anything. At least finish within a score. I mean, with Illinois, Illinois might lose a lot. At least Illinois is like, you know, we finished within a score. We could have had him. We just didn't do it. You aren't even doing that. You're just bad. Y'all got to figure it out because this is embarrassing all right all right that aside uh Syracuse they lost the game after spiking their ball on fourth down trying to stop the clock <laughs> tell me how that one works um I think that might be it and we might be out Memphis beats Navy by a whopping score of 10 to 7 Yay. battle of the defenses and, and everything else was canceled and postponed and whatnot so Let's move into the NFL. Let's just uh, let's let's get into the NFL. Last segment of the day. It'll be a little bit of a shorter episode here this week until we can get back into the studio and you know record normally again. Yeah. Um. So let's go ahead here and get the oh, scores. Get so that scores. Chris Berman Jr. He will be on the O oh, and the Steelers at the time of the recording are up. We don't know what the final will be. Uh, the game is in the fourth, I believe. They are. It's 12-7, and they're on the one. Oh, boy. 
Oh, well, anyway, let's get back to week... Well, no, this is the week 12. I'm on the right page. I'm thinking I'm on the wrong page. All righty, so that game aside, we're going to hear Chris Berman Jr. Go and get it, Felix. I don't really care because I don't gamble in sports and, and you know yeah Carson Wentz just doing what he can to hang on to his job at this point I don't think he should have it uh, that was the Steelers just scoring a touchdown by the way on the one um, so yeah let's 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 take a let's take a look at what we need to take a look at Texans Lions think it was so past time for the Lions to clean house Matt Patricia yeah. should have been gone it's just the coaches that show absolutely no emotion on the sidelines. Like, he just stands there, and his team's just getting destroyed. Like, yes, Jim Harbaugh might lose his absolute mind, but, like, you'd rather see that than just someone standing motionless in a hoodie as your team's just getting pieced up on Thanksgiving and, you know, everyone just getting injured and playing like garbage. So, whatever, it is what it is. I was impressed with the football team. I think their defense is one of the more underrated ones in the, in the division regard or in the league, regardless of how the Cowboys played. I mean, they looked okay. The Cowboys didn't look awful until the second half. And, yeah, they were in the game, seventeen know, to thirteen at halftime. Uh, Antonio Gibson looked like an absolute beast. Some of these rookie running backs are insane. You have Robinson. You have James Robinson, undrafted rookie. You have Antonio Gibson looking like a beast. You have, um, oh, who else? Who's another rookie running back that's doing good? James Robinson, did you say him already? Yeah, James Robinson. Miles Tony Gaskin Gibson. actually down in uh, Miami. Miami. He's uh, done well. Maybe, maybe I'll know one once the team is said. Um, um, but, yeah, rookie running backs looking pretty good this year. Same thing with the Ricky wide receivers, even though it's not who we thought we would, I think C.D. Lamb and Henry Ruggs are both pretty overrated. But that's to me, I guess. Yeah. Saints and Broncos. Okay, okay. Say what you will about the Broncos. Laugh, blah, 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 blah. 
Kendall Hinton deserves probably the most respect of anybody in the league this week. The guy was bagging, I think it was bagging, no, it wasn't bagging. He was working in like sales or something earlier in the week, gets the call from the Broncos, flies to Denver, okay, he goes to the stadium, okay, without a less than 24 hours notice, has to learn a playbook, has to get all the scout team garbage out of his head, has to learn a playbook and start at quarterback for the Broncos. So what if he was one for nine? So what if he threw more picks than completions? The dude stepped up. The dude stepped up and played, and he deserves the respect of anybody. I mean, you want to clown on the Broncos? No, clown on the league. Clown on a league that can push Baltimore-Pittsburgh yeah, back five times. Well, the league also defined their rules, so that's okay. Like They define what is classified as like uh, an outbreak versus what's classified as just not. I mean, because the, the Ravens had... You know, um, you know, not many times do I defend the league, but the Ravens had a bunch of cases that were like was classified as an outbreak, whereas the Broncos just had a couple people that didn't wear masks and had to, you know, test and be negative. I mean, they weren't. I don't think they were positive. They were just no, close contacts. So that's the complete difference. And I think it's fine. I mean, do I think that the Bronco or do I think that the Steelers and Ravens game was all wonky? Yes, but. I think that they did the right thing in keeping this game on, even though it sucks. I mean, that's what you kind of get. They've been finding head coaches, and now we see the Broncos' whole episode. But do I think this is going to play a huge game, a huge role in what's going to happen in the season? No. Do I think the Broncos would have won this game with Drew Locke? No. So, at the end of the day, yeah, like you said, K.J. Hinton stepped Kendall up. Kendall Hinton, oh, yeah. Kendall, sorry. <laughs> he stepped up and played, and, uh, you know, it's something that the Broncos can at least take pride in. They didn't get zeroed out. So, Yeah, they didn't get shut out. Um, the Falcons came out of nowhere. The defense scored 31 fantasy points, and that was just ugly from the Raiders from the get. I mean, that was bad. Yeah, and the fact that, I mean, they lost by more of a score than a quarterbackless team is pretty embarrassing. Yeah, that is pretty embarrassing. Um, Justin Herbert, I feel bad for him. 52, to- 52 passes. My arm. Oh, yeah, he, he's he's really good, and the Chargers, even if they're not having a great season this year, should be very very hopeful. If I was a player in the league, that is one team that has the highest ceiling in the league right now. Them oh, and the yeah. Bengals. So, but I think they have more pieces along with that defense, just in a tougher division. So, if they can put together a defense, a couple more pieces, they have the offense. I think they need to win. So we'll see how the Chargers go from this year, but not looking great. Yeah, uh, Daniel Jones, goes. he was injured in that Bengals game. Uh, I believe it's Colt McCoy, I'm pretty sure, is the guy going in for them uh, this week. So we'll see how he fares. Yeah, Derrick Henry, I guess like I was, I was kind of making the comment to myself that Derrick Henry kind of fell off the last couple weeks, and then he responded to me with 178 and three touchdowns. You know, I, you can't really count Derrick Henry out of anything. The guy is unarguably the best running back in our league right now. I mean, yeah. you say what you will about, you know, on games, off games, everyone has those. That he is the best running back in the league. You will not change my mind that there's a single person out there that you will hand the football and find more yardage than him. Um, and he's, The only person arguable is Chris McCaffrey. Right. And C-Mac, but he's been injured. Yeah. So, so I mean... You know, in terms of running backs, the Titans are set. And in terms of ball handoffers, they're also set with Ryan Tannehill. So, um, well, you're never going to run out of people to do that. So they can probably play without a quarterback. But, uh, 
Yeah, uh, Joey, poor Joey Sly, uh, missed that field goal against the Vikings. Yeah. Gives Kirk Cousins the win. Um, I was kind of ticked off when he missed it, but, yeah, you know, it is what it is. Um, more importantly, DJ Moore goes down with an injury in that game. Uh, it was a non-contact ankle injury, so not looking good. Yeah. Um, they've got a bye week, so he can maybe recover and get back in time to see a couple of snaps, but it looks like Robbie Anderson and uh, Curtis Samuel are going to be taking the lion's share of the passing reps here with Teddy Bridgewater and that's uh, Pan- uh, Panthers offense. Hopefully McCaffrey also. If they manage to get McCaffrey back here for this coming week, that would be yeah, nice trying to complement the loss of DJ Moore. Yeah. Uh, Kyler Murray's got the AC joint going. Um, that's a rough injury for a quarterback to have, especially in the throwing arm. So he's probably going to be down for a couple of weeks or unless he opts to play through it. But after this week, oh, I would have sat him down. There's no way. Arizona is in a tight spot. Hang Six and five, and the last spot in the playoffs that they started today, and in the toughest division with some divisional games to go. With San Francisco coming back and looking, you know, like a pretty complete team, so it's going to be tough for them to hang on, especially if Kyler Murray goes down for a couple weeks. Yeah, the New York Jets, twenty to three. What else is new? Like you said, Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold is looking more and more like not the guy. Yeah, and Trevor Lawrence is going to be taken in the draft, regardless of who is the first pick. Uh, he's going to be taken by one of those teams, and they're going to go with him, even if, I mean, I have no idea who goes to Jacksonville. I think. I don't think Jacksonville takes a quarterback, honestly. I think they give Gardner another know, year. Because it's, it's hard to pass up on, you know, It Justin is hard Fields. to pass up on. Pri- oh, that's true. And, <laughs> hey, you know what? The Bears right now. The projection for the Bears, <laughs> the Bears' projection is Zach Wilson at 13. Now, I don't know if Zach Wilson's going to fall that far out of who's, BYU. Who's Zach Wilson? Oh, BYU's okay. quarterback. You know, he's good. He's Sam Ellinger. That's my man. This is a steal. This is a QB heavy draft. I wouldn't be surprised to see teams take a quarterback that you wouldn't think. You know, Packers took one last year look at, yeah, with uh, well, Jordan exactly. Love. Look, yeah, and you're going to see mean, teams setting Herbert. up for their future. Herbert wasn't supposed to be anything, and now look. You're going to see a lot of teams, I think, set up for their future here. The Bears will take a quarterback. If the Bears don't take a quarterback, Ryan Pace, if he still has a job by that point, which we'll talk about later, needs to be run out of town if we don't take a quarterback here. Um, the Bears will be looking to take a quarterback. Uh, who else is going to be looking? The Buccaneers, probably going to look to take a quarterback. Yeah, the Jets will have a quarterback. Let's take a look here. Team by, let, me, let me just run through. The Seahawks, Russell Wilson is 31. They're now, he's he's on. playing well. The They're Eagles. Going to take a defense. They're going to go defense. The Eagles, the Eagles may no, take a quarterback. Jones, Jones. Never know. I think they might take Never one. Know. They would sign an old quarterback. Uh, the Niners have Jimmy G. Rams have Jared Goff. The Jags in the market for a quarterback. I think yeah, the Browns are satisfied with Baker Mayfield. Yeah. The Jets, obviously. The Dolphins are going to ride Tua for a little longer. Yeah. The Patriots, they might be. Yeah, the way that Cam has played, yeah. I think they might be in the Bill market Belichick for a quarterback. would be smart to get a quarterback. Especially with a team with a sub-500 record, he might be in a very good position yeah. to steal one here. And stupid Patriots fans better not say, we're content with a fifth-round quarterback. No, you're not. Shut no, you're not. They're not all going to be Tom Brady. You tried that with Jared Stidham, and look what happened. He has more picks than touchdowns in his career. He's terrible. That was a bad pick. It was in the late rounds. Don't try to replicate Tom Brady. That Tom Brady is the is the gem once-in-a-lifetime story. You will not find a lot of Tom Brady's. So to sit there and go, oh, I bet it's going to be this guy. <laughs> You're going to sit there and what? Keep taking quarterbacks? That's something I do on Madden. That's something I do on Madden when I'm in a draft is I take kickers in the last round because I think they're going to be like the randomly generated 84 overall ones. And I just sign them for nine years. No. 
That's not how real life works. Real life talent doesn't always come out of the seventh round like Tom Brady did. You have to look for it. So, well, the odds of Bill Belichick picking a, you know, it is Bill Belichick, so I wouldn't be surprised, but don't just don't just sit there and, like, feel excited. Yeah, do not say, uh, I mean, it's easier to say our second-round pick busted than it is to say we took, you know, I'd rather, look at this way, the Bears spent three years on a busted second-round pick, second overall pick. It's easier for us to say that than to say, well, you know, we, round, we tried we tried five different fifth-round picks every year that didn't work. It's easier yeah. to say you you messed up, you know, and the Jets are going to see that too. It's easier to just say, yeah, we picked Sam Darnold high, we screwed up, instead yeah. of saying we tried this guy and this guy and this guy and this yeah. guy. That's what the Bears and did so, before Mitchell Trubisky. And I mean, yeah, and you can, say, you can say the same thing with Mitchell Trubisky, Patrick Mahomes, and Deshaun Watson. Sam Darnold also went above. Josh Allen, exactly. Uh, Josh Allen and Josh Rosen. Who cares? And, and Lamar Jackson, who is also fading off. So necessarily, the people, only two good quarterbacks are the one who went first, Baker Mayfield, and the and one Josh who went Allen. third. Yeah. And people, people are going to tell us for the rest of our lives, you traded up for, you took Trubisky over Mahomes and Watson, and they're going to say you took Darnold, and you could have taken Lamar or so and so and so. We know it happens. Yeah. What are you going to do? Uh, what was I? Oh, let's see. The Vikings probably not. The Panthers no. The Colts after seeing Philip well, Rivers Panthers this year. Maybe. The Panthers maybe because I've heard so much doubt about Teddy Bridgewater. I think he's doing fine. You know, well, he's not. I think, I think it could just you know they could just be in the market just to try something. They might. I think that after seeing Philip Rivers, uh, they, the Colts have Jacoby Brissett, but I think that uh, they I might be in the Jacoby Brissett because he did play well last year. Yeah, I think he could easily be a starter. Um, they might be in the market for a guy. The Titans, I'm sure, are content, but maybe. Yeah, I mean, uh, you never know. Might the Bengals have Joe Burrow. The Giants will, but only if they are completely over the Daniel Jones project. And what, only if, if they, they are if done. If Daniel Jones can come out and win that division, he's not going to lose his job. True. Bills are content. Chargers content. The Falcons might be in the market for somebody young just to get ready. Um, the Raiders, I'm sure, are happy with Derek Carr. The Packers already have their guy behind their guy. The Bears are in just a total spiral at this point, um, and we'll talk about them, and I'll talk about them in a minute. I'm going to tee off on here because I've been waiting for it for a couple of days now. I've had time to simmer after turning that game off three-quarters of the way through, and uh, we just need anybody we can get at this point. The Broncos, maybe. It's only Drew Locke's second year. They might be in the market. Um, the Saints should be set. I wouldn't be surprised to see him maybe snag a young gun late, like late, late, late. I just, but it makes me sick that Taysom Hill starts. Over uh, the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys no, might be in the market. No, Dak's in a contract year. If unless, he comes, unless Dak is released, then yes. I think that if I think but that Dak wants this supermax contract. No. No, Dak lost that. Not I don't want to say lost it for himself because that could happen to anybody. No, the injury, but no. you lost your opportunity at forty million with that specific. He's still going to quote co- his stats. You know how uncooperative he was this past year him. signing. You they should cut him, but they have Jerry Jones. Okay, well Jerry Jones is an idiot, and we can't help that. But you don't get to cite your stats. You suffered a catastrophic injury. You that's your plant foot. At least with Alex Smith, that was the, like you. No, you do not get to cite your stats and get forty million dollars. You weren't that good to begin with. A, you couldn't win that many games to begin with, because the team around you was what made you. They're they're just going to re-sign him at most likely whatever he says. 
That's trash. And yeah, you know who's gonna kick themselves? You know who's gonna kick themselves in the butt for years? Is the Dallas Cowboys if they end up with a top ten pick, re-sign Dak, and blow that pick on somebody besides a top tier quarterback because Dak says, I don't want any competition. No. You lost your chance at that when your ankle snapped. And that's not your fault. I'm not going to sit here and blame your injury on you because you were playing your heart out. But you weren't worth $40 million then. You certainly weren't, aren't worth $40 million now. You are going to get re-signed to whatever they want because you lost your bargaining power when your ankle broke in half. You lost your bargaining power when your bones stuck through your skin. You don't have any bargaining power. You're going to take what they give you. And if they pick a quarterback, you're going to say, all right, I will compete. And if I lose, I will mentor as someone who has started in this league for two to three years in a row now. That is the position that you are in, Dak Prescott. You don't have the power to bargain anymore. Yeah, but it's the Cowboys. So but it's Jerry Jones. He has a, the upper hand. It's Jerry Jones. He knows he's going to take advantage of the senile old man. As well. Just embarrassing. Uh, the Washington football team probably shouldn't be in the market, but wouldn't surprise me if yeah, they take somebody. Surprise wouldn't surprise me. Detroit wouldn't surprise me if they took someone just to get ready for when Matt Stafford is yeah, gone. They and the Texans are good to go. Steelers Steelers also might want to grab somebody. Big Ben is about, what, 30, is he 36? Yeah, but they had a couple people starting with Hodges. And that's that's true. I mean, yeah, it's not like they're completely out of it. I think yeah. they might they might be in the outside market to grab a late-round yeah. guy. But, but anyway, so, so that was with the Jets. The Browns, the Jaguars came really close again here. I think the Jaguars might beat the Bears when we play. I mean, that's just being honest. Uh, yeah, the Niners are hot, dude. Hey. The Niners are not five and six. They're not out of this division. They're only three they games out of the lead. Yeah, and they're getting one of their best receivers back, who they like to target. This is going to be interesting. Going to be interesting. The Chiefs look like the top-ranked offense they were. They did kind of get shut down in the second half, but I think they did enough, like, just to win. They did enough, and the defense kind of collapsed, but or, did uh, enough. Tom Brady had to come out and shake Patrick Mahomes' hand. He had to actually shake hands with the guy who outthrew him by about two hundred yards. So, you know that. You know, I'm sure that really tickled his peach the wrong way. but uh, And then the Seahawks-Eagles, this game was sloppy. This was the sloppiest game. The first half was boring. It was trash. It was garbage. It's just stunk. It stunk from the get-go. I was I was bored. I was on my phone watching my – I watched more TikToks than I did plays in the first half. That was just bad. And then, like you said, you were, people were complaining. Oh, no. Well, that's on you for betting. That's Don't don't complain to me that the Seahawks – or that, the, that the, the Eagles tried their best. You know, from a logical standpoint, from a logical standpoint, if you're the eagle, yeah, you're always in it. Something could happen. You never know. Something could happen that, oh, we have a penalty, and now you have to have a kickoff, and then something happens on the kickoff, and all of a sudden you have the ball, and then maybe you take a shot, and there's a P.I. It's unlikely. It's very unlikely, but you can't blame the Eagles for trying. They're always in it. I mean, it is what it is. And now I'm just going to, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to go on my Uh, So let's. Let's update the update the picks. Oh, the picks. Um, the, I our... I think with five and a half to go and the Ravens down twelve, it's safe to assume. I think it's safe to assume they are fourth and ten on their own twenty-eight. I think it's safe to call this game. Well, I'm gonna make my we'll CN. See if they convert, they might go for it. If they punted. uh, they punted. Okay. They punted. I am making CNN the the Nick Nemeth News Network is now ready to call this state this game for Pittsburgh. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and throw that. We were waiting kind of to update our picks. We wanted to make sure we didn't call anything too early, but I think it's fair to call. So with that, I'm sitting at 73-57, and 57, Felix at 83-47 and 47 on the year. So I really need to get these swing games right because they keep 
killing me. It's always the swing games. Yeah, I was Keep one, smoking one me. better than Nick this, this past week. So. Uh, it was the week before that I went 6-8 and eight and completely just died, yeah. collapsed all over myself. Yeah, so. I had four games. Yeah, it was a four-game advantage. So. So. We'll, we'll see what happened. That, that was the same week I called Nick a baby for not picking the upsets. Yep, the, yep. And then all of them happened. <laughs> get them all right. So all right. We'll see what happens this week. Nick you, picks uh, first. Let's say you want to get your, your message ready yeah, so I we can. So, uh, alrighty, alrighty. First here, and then we will end on a little Bears fairy tale. Oh, yes. Yes, the fairy tale of the time that Matt Nagy got fired. You know how that's a fairy tale? It hasn't happened yet. Um, Alright. So, first game of the week, we got the Saints at the Falcons. I'm going to go ahead and take the Saints. I think even with Taysom Hill, this offense has proved that it can hurt you in multiple ways. They aren't slowing down, and this Falcons defense had a good week against a Raiders offense that was vulnerable. So I think that New Orleans is going to take it. Uh, Lions-Bears, um, I picked against the Bears the last two weeks. Uh, the Bears are favored in the odds for the you first picked, time. You in, picked for the Lions last week, too, and they screwed you over. Yeah, well, that's not happening, so I'm picking the Bears this week. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky is starting. That is confirmed by Matt Nagy as of Wednesday today. Um, he has owned the Lions. He has never in his career never lost to the Lions. He's, I think, a 7-0. and I think against them, 6-0 and or something like that. Never lost to them. Um, I think that streak continues. They're in Soldier Field. It's outdoors. It's cold. The Bears are probably very, very pissed off right now. So um, I wouldn't be surprised to see us come out, take some shots, and, and really just, just sling it. Let's just go for it. Uh, Browns and Titans. That's a tough one. Browns and Titans. I'm going to go ahead and give this one to the Titans. I think that, you know, they've got home field. It doesn't. They say it doesn't matter with no fans, but... You know, I think that it's your stadium, your field. You're kind of you're a little more used to it. You know, you don't have to travel and all that. I'm gonna go ahead and give it to the Titans. Bengals, Dolphins. I'm gonna take the Dolphins. The Bengals looked okay without Joe Burrow, but that was also against a Giants team that was four and seven. This is the seven and four Dolphins. Um, with I believe it's I don't know who's starting at quarterback, but I trust whoever they have after I seeing Tua play. Whoever it is, I trust them. I trust them. You know, Tua played well, had a bad game, got benched. Fitz played well. Got benched for no reason. Um, Jags at Vikings, I'm taking the Vikings. They, yep, proved it to me. I think that the Jaguars are going to come close, but they will not win. Jets at Raiders. No, Raiders at Jets. I'm taking the Raiders. I'm sorry. I'm just I'm just doing the Jets oh, to go 0-16. Okay. <laughs> it's nothing personal. Colts, Texans. You know, with the suspension of Will Fuller, I have to go Indy on this one. You know, I think they lost a big weapon. Um, it's unfortunate the suspension that he got, but you know it's one of those things where it is what it is, and the Texans have to move on here. Um, but I think it's going to be with the Colts. That defense has one less weapon to worry about now. Rams, Cardinals. I'm taking the Rams. That defense has carried them for the last couple of weeks, and I think especially with a Kyler Murrayless Cardinals, that they're going to look haphazard. You know, Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds are going to be kind of stifled in the backfield. Um, you know, and we're just going to have to see kind of what what happens here. Giants at Seahawks. I'm taking the Seahawks. As bad as I think the Seahawks have been in the last couple weeks, as sloppy as they've played, I still think they'll beat the Giants and they'll drop to 4-8, and eight, but still probably lead the division because it sucks. Eagles at Packers. I'm taking the Packers. If the Packers' defense doesn't eat Carson Wentz and company alive, then they're doing something wrong. Chargers at Patriots. I'm calling the Chargers. I am calling the Chargers. They're going to run over Cam Newton, and I think Justin Herbert will just throw all over that defense. Stephon Gilmore can only cover so many people. Um, I'm calling it. 
Broncos Chiefs, I am picking the Chiefs. They're going to be without their starting quarterback this week. Thankfully, I think they're going to have their backups. I'm pretty sure they're with – no, no, they have Drew Locke. He's not injured. I'm thinking uh, Jeff Driscoll was the one who tested positive. So they will have their starting quarterback, but with the way that he has regressed, Kansas City's favored in the odds by 14 points. This could get ugly. I'm thinking that Kansas City's going to run him over. Um, and then, oh, we got Monday, Monday, and Tuesday football. So, yeah. Monday evening football, Washington at the Steelers. Here's my upset. The football team will win it. I'm, I'm going to talk out my behind here. The football team is going to win it. They have the leading rusher and receiver coming into this game, and that's just because, you know, I can't blame Pittsburgh for having a versatile offense. Uh, I think that for whatever reason, Washington's defense shows up this week. They show up in a big way, and they manage to shut down Pittsburgh's offense just enough that they squeak by with a win. Uh, Cowboys at Ravens. Um, oh, that's the Tuesday game, sorry. Uh, Monday night, that's Bills and Niners. I'm going to go ahead and take the Niners this time around. I'm take the 49ers. think they're going to take the Bills. Um, they've been hot. Just a hunch. And then Cowboys-Ravens, I'm going to take the Ravens. I think that Dallas is just in a spiral that's about worse than the Bears somehow, and they're going to pay for it with another loss here, and they're going to get to 3-9. and nine. Hopefully Jerry Jones retires and sells the team because he's depressed. Um, all right, you're up. You're up before I just ha- end this with the Bears. Okay, um, scroll back up to the top. Um, New Orleans... Well, I'm sure I'll lose them all. So we can go an even record, and you will still have to pick first next week, or yeah, yeah, you might yeah. edge me out if you get three of them. But yeah, 
All right. But yeah, so now we will end it with the Bears. I probably won't have much to say, so let's uh I'll, let's I'll come back for the outro. Yeah, let's let's sit down. Sit down. Grab grab a drink. Oh, I will. Grab grab something to grab grab a drink. Oh, you just tripped over the laptop cord. Um grab a drink, grab something to eat and have a seat. Let's Oh, Felix is cracking his sprite open. All right. So, let's talk about what the Bears have done. In the last five games, the last five games, what have we done? We've sucked. The Bears have been terrible. Let's pull up the Chicago Bears page. Our offense, where do you start? Where do you, where do you want me to start, Felix? Go ahead. You, Let's, you might need something a little stronger than Sprite. You might need something stronger than Sprite to watch the Bears, okay? What, do you, what, what, do you, what would you like me to start with? The offense? The defense? Because there's going to be a little bit, there will be some positives here. It's not all going to be negatives. I just felt the need to sit and break down as a Bears fan what in the bleep goes on with our organization. Uh, let's, let's start, start with the offense, the consistently worst piece. So, yeah, consistently the issue is the offense. There was a hot take at the beginning of the year said Matt Nagy would switch quarterbacks five times. Everyone, you know, what? it was a yeah, joke. It was, like, it was like one of those outrageous takes, you know. Matt Nagy switches quarterback five. It's about to happen. We've already switched. Trubisky. We've already switched it twice. Trubisky to Foles. Foles Foles to Trubisky. And we almost went back to Foles this week. So, let's let's sit here. We've switched quarterbacks twice. Nick Foles is our team. Nick Foles is our team leader. His quarterback rating is 43.5. That's that's bad. That is terrible. Alright? This Bears offense has been the most inconsistent group of people in the NFL. The Jets, the Jets were bad. At least the Jets suck consistently. The Jets have been bad from the get. From game one, day one, the Jets have been bad. They have not shown flashes. They haven't shown flashes of brilliant offense. You know, there have been no great thing. No. There's a couple of young players that are good, but consistently the the players on the team are bad, and the players on the team remain bad. So we know. We know that. The Bears are inconsistent. You want to be bad? Fine. Our team's never been known for offense. Be bad. We are cons- inconsistent as all get out. A good quarter here. A bad quarter here. A good run game here. A bad run game here. We don't consistently do anything besides not score. We went we went almost get in the end zone. We went almost it's a calendar. We went almost a calendar month without scoring a touchdown this year. Until last week. Almost a calendar month. You know how bad you have to be to go a calendar month without scoring? The only time that happens for most teams is in the offseason. When they aren't playing. Okay? The play calling has been great. After since I think the play calling has been better since Matt Nagy gave it up. Bill Lazor clearly knows how to call plays with more rhythm, with more sense. He's made maybe a few play calls that I've been like, what in the world are you doing? Bill Lazor's been fine. Okay, he's not the problem. Um, I'm gonna save. There's a, bit, a piece to the offense that I have to save for the the HC part, the head coaching part. All right, what's next? We, we went to the offense. The defense, the defense yeah. can't complain that much, really. The defense got run over on Sunday. The defense got embarrassed. They did not know what they were doing. It was pathetic. The defensive effort on Sunday night was pathetic, and we got clapped on a national level. I can't blame them that much because they spent three quarters of the game on the field. Our offense can't possess the ball enough to get the defense a break. 
And when you put a bunch of guys, when you put the oldest, uh, the oldest average age defense in the league on the field for three quarters of the game, you are begging for bad things to happen. You are begging for people to get tired, for people to cramp, people to get injured, people to get burnt. You are begging for it. And it happened. The Packers said, you're begging for it, we'll give it to you. Every single way we want to, whether you like it or not. And the defense said, okay, we're trying. Chuck Pagano, Chuck Pagano was the wrong hire. Chuck Pagano is a bad defensive coordinator. How many times have you played Aaron Rodgers as an organization? Ted Phillips has been here for years. You've been here. How many times have you played the Packers and Aaron Rodgers? You, of all people, should know that rushing three against Aaron Rodgers does not work. You rush three against Aaron Rodgers how many times last year? All the great quarterbacks are bad with pressure. Every one of them. Tom Brady, terrible with pressure in his face. Drew Brees. We saw it last year, 2018. 2018, when we eliminated Aaron Rodgers, we were all over him. That's all you can do against these guys because you give them time, they're going to do something. Yeah, we rushed three against Aaron Rodgers. How many times on Sunday did we do that? How many times? How many times? On the first touchdown of the game, he had 6.04 seconds to throw the ball. Six seconds. There are plays that don't last six seconds in football. There are plays that don't last that long. There are offensive drives that don't last that long. The Bears handing the ball off doesn't last six seconds. No, it doesn't. Besides when David Montgomery goes 53 yards and then you stall out the red zone. Exactly. Chuck Pagano, if you're going to stay as the defensive coordinator of this team, you need to figure it out. And then Cordell Patterson comes out of the end zone and returns at 10 yards. Just to keep us in, you know. <laughs> so so let's look at it this way. Look at it this way. Also, we signed. We paid Robert Quinn five years, $70 million to get sacks. He has won. Khalil Mack, we paid all this money because he is one of the best sack artists in the history of this league. One of the best. Why are you putting them in coverage against Aaron Rodgers? They're there to rush. Akeem Hicks is out. Brent Urban is a run stuffer, not a pass rusher. Bilal Nichols is a run stuffer, not a pass rusher. You don't you don't drop Hicks and Quinn into coverage. That's why you have Danny Trevathan. That's why you have Roquan Smith. That's why you have Joel Iabudiway. You have all these coverage guys, and you drop no, Smith and, and Quinn yeah, into and coverage? Well, they why? Also, they're also playing zone where Trevathan is picking up Devontae Adams in the slot. Why don't you have a nickel corner on him? Why don't you have a safety just watching why don't you have? Adams? Why don't you stick buster screen on Devontae Adams? Jalen Johnson has been the best rookie defensive back out of this class. Graded out and everything. If not the best, he is in the top like three. He is one of the best and one of the best corners. He's playing some of the best defensive back football. So is Kyle Fuller in the league this year. Trust them on the outside. Do, what are you waiting for? I'm afraid that Jalen Johnson's going to get burnt. That's going to happen. He's a rookie. He's got to learn. I'm afraid Kyle Fuller's going to get mossed. I'm afraid Kyle Fuller's going to get broke by AJ. Well, who cares? You know, the Buccaneers played man on Tyreek Hill the entire game, and unless they changed something in the second half, they gave up 27 points. It's It worked. Tyreek, yeah, Tyreek Hill had 200 yards and three touchdowns, and you lost by three. You were in the game. Exactly. I, I don't know what calling, you're waiting for. I mean, for. they were calling Todd Bowles stupid 
for playing man on him. Maybe he switched something up in the second half. I have no idea. But, I mean, you you completely stopped the Chiefs in the second half, giving them three points. Exactly. So so tell me, Chuck Pagano, Chuck Pagano, figure it out. That's all, that's all there is to say about the defense. Figure it out. Special teams, we found the kicker of the future. That's the positive. Cairo Santos has been amazing Lions, for us. Like I said, it's the 20-point cap. The Lions should not score 20 points this week. No. If they do, we're losing. Unless the offense puts up 20, which won't happen. Which is impossible. So, so the special teams has been bright. Pat O'Donnell's playing well like he always does. He should be here through the end of his career. We should never lose Pat O'Donnell. Cairo Santos seems to be our guy. Sorry, Eddie Pinero. Um, he's the guy for us. You're you're gone essentially. Um, punt return wise, Cordero Patterson's been a bright spot for us. He's been the best return man in the league. Um, but other than that, we need to find a punt returner. Special teams, I can't really gripe too much. All right. It's just it, it's not even the play calling at the Bears. It's like the per, the constant personnel. Like if you were going to hand the ball off to David Montgomery, just do it. Don't just put Cordero Patterson in there. Because these people get into a rhythm. I mean, Chicago has so much personnel, they don't even know what to do with it. And it's just, it's dumb to just watch a game and be like, you, you can't analyze the decisions and be like, yeah, that's, that's smart. That's a, good, that's a good one. It's just like, why is Cordell Patterson taking a hand off on second nine? Yeah. Let's, let's, let's take a look. This is, this is the main part. This is the meat of what the argument I'm about to make is. Okay. Which I which we'll get maybe into the draft. Why has no one been fired? We're five and six. We're in a playoff spot. No, you're not. No, you're not. Stop acting like this team is not in one of the worst downward spirals we've seen since the three and thirteen Jay Cutler season. Stop acting like we are in this. Stop acting like we are we're a top dog team. We stink. This offense is putrid, and the head coach, the head coach, take your visor. Take your beanie, take your, your, your baggy shirt, whatever you wear on the sideline because it's not normal, put it in your suitcase, and get out of Chicago. Someone has to be fired. They asked Matt Nagy about his job security on Monday. You know what he said? Oh, it's in the bag. He's not even worried about getting fired. He's not even worried about getting fired. Ryan Pace? Someone's got to get fired. Ryan Pace, you know what we could have done this, this offseason instead of paying Robert Quinn overpaid however a million dollars to get one sack while Leonard Floyd goes to L.A. and flourishes? You know what you could have done? You could have taken the You could have uh, signed Floyd to a, a small-time prove-it deal, taken the money, and pursued a quarterback with it. <laughs> taken the money and you pursued an offensive line. Holes. You could have pursued an offensive line with it. You could have done so many different things this offseason and you, you, you instead opted to spend our money on Robert Quinn, who's done bleep all for us, Ted Ginn, who we cut four weeks ago, <laughs> and, and who? And who? You let Kwiatkowski walk. You could have re-signed him. He's one of the best linebackers in the AFC right now. He's a captain for the Raiders. You let him walk. What are you doing? You know what's going to happen? It's going to be the same thing that Stan Bowman did with the Blackhawks. Ryan Pace is going to feel the pressure. He's going to feel the heat. And when we go 5-11, he's going to get backed into a corner. He's going to fire Matt Nagy and hire someone to buy himself three years. And, and you know why Matt Nagy needs to be fired now if Ryan Pace wants to save his job? Because Matt Nagy is out of excuses. 
He told the media yesterday, I went in there and told my players, have some personal pride. He's blaming our players. The collection of talent we have is enough to win a Super Bowl, Matt. It's on you now. We're, you're out of excuses because you know, that, you know what that means? You know what that means when you blame the players? It means you are out of physical things to diagnose as wrong with your football team. You have, this means that you have now diagnosed and had a chance to fix everything that you see that is wrong, and you still haven't done it. We notice how all the other coaches, you know, like him or not, John Gruden goes into the press conference after losing to Atlanta 43-6 and says, five turnovers is a recipe for disaster. You're never going to win a game. You're never going to win a game with five turnovers. And you notice how that's a game statistic. That's not a player statistic. That's a game statistic. That we did this wrong. Line, you know, Derek Carr, you strip sack like three times. And he's not saying, oh, Derek Carr turned the ball over five times. He should keep his head high and, you know, try to go into next week. He's just saying, we turned the ball over five times. I mean, don't hear Bill Belichick blaming anyone in the no. locker room. He's turning to blame players because he doesn't want the media to put the blame on him. The blame is on you, Matt. You've diagnosed everything you can fix. You still haven't fixed it. And the Lions lost one more game. I mean, don't get me wrong, Matt Patricia was, you know, what, 13? 13 to 29 and 1. Oh, yeah, 13, 29 and 1. And if you think for a second that coaches can't be fired because they have a winning record, Matt, 12 and 4 happened two years ago. We're 5 and 6. We're the team last, that went 12 last and 4. Year was what? 3 12 and 1. Last year? For the Lions. Oh, the Bears no, 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 was 8 Bears. and 8. 8 and 8. If you, if you can rescue an 8 and 8 finish, I can see you keeping your job. If you can rescue it, if we look like a football team. But, but you know what? You know you what? Got the Packers again. Anything under, we will lose. If you got I, the if Texans te- again. Or the Texans. I, we should take care of the Texans. The Texans' defense is not that good. Yeah, but the Texans' offense. We have the defense, though. See, that's the bad thing. See, but every single matchup the Bears have had where it's like that matchup, it's bad. Because the offense does terrible against still a bad defense, and then the defense is tired, and the offense has the upper hand. You gotta hope. That's this is the welcome to the life of a Bears fan. You hope, but you get sick of this. So we we what we diagnosed everything. We're blaming the players. If you don't finish eight and eight, you better be fired. You should have been fired now. What's it gonna take, Virginia McCaskey? We're looking at you, Ted Phillips, football operations. We're looking at you. The the guy's five and six. We've lost five games in a row. We had a week, an extra week to prepare for Aaron Rodgers, and we still got slapped on national TV. You got embarrassed on national TV. You want to know what happened when the Lions lost and got clapped on Thanksgiving, 41 to whatever? They fired someone because they were like, man, we stink. This guy was the wrong solution, and we just got embarrassed in front of the nation. Let's fire someone. Let's shake it up. You know what just happened? You just got embarrassed by a team rival on Sunday Night Football. Thank goodness Al Michaels wasn't there. He wouldn't give him a stroke. He would have killed him. One of the greats. This team stinks. This team shouldn't stink, but it stinks. My 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 parting words, Chicago as a whole, to the organization, figure it out or fire someone. Figure it out or fire someone. Because believe me, Bears fans, we're fed up with this. We we sat through the Jay Cutler era every single year. We're going to be good. We're going to be good. We're going to be good. For what? 
for seven and nine, for eight and eight, for nine and seven, six and ten, three and thirteen, garbage. We're sick of we're sick of getting our hopes up. We don't overhype ourselves like every other fa- like the other like Dallas. We don't overhype ourselves like Dallas fans do. We don't say we're the great team every year. Oh, oh. We, we we aren't Dallas. We aren't the, the Patriots this year, thinking they were going to be amazing and then and then just stinking. No, the Bears fans. Bears fans are die-hard Chicago fans. We have real hope every single year. We look at our roster and say, yeah, when Mitchell Trubisky started, we were like, yeah, it's his rookie year. You know, we have real hope that Trubisky might engineer us to, like, maybe seven wins maximum. Five and 11. We were like, okay, rookie quarterback, that's okay. You know what happened? We fired John Fox. John Fox, which, by the way, in case you think a head coach can't get fired with a winning record, John Fox was fired from Denver, and he was 48-16. and 16, Had three playoff appearances in a row. He still got fired. So Matt Nagy should be on the chopping block, but Bears fans have a special kind. We, are, we have real hope every single year that our team will achieve and just live up to their, their potential. That's why 2018 was so rewarding for us. The team finally, finally, a team full of talent in Chicago in the for the Bears rose to that level, that 12 and 4 level. We were like, wow, we have a team that can go 12 every year, a team that can go 11 and 5, a team that can go 12 and 4. And every year, 9 and 7, 8 and 8, 6 and 10. What are we, you just keep blueballing us every single year. It's sad. And you're going to lose this is a hardcore fan base and you're going to lose us not because the team is bad, but because you hype us up, you give us reasons to believe we're good every year, and then we're not. So just stop. Stop. You're hurting your fan base now. At this point, it's just pain for the fan base. The Bears Twitter account tweeted out pain, period. That's all the season has been. Pain. First part was great, and then it just stinks. You're just hurting your fan base. And just figure it out. Fire someone. Figure out what the issue is and actually solve it. And just figure something out. It's just sad, dude. I mean, I can't... It, being a Jets fan, at least you guys knew you were going to be bad this year. Well, no, you thought you were going to yeah, be good. Well, yeah. But at least after it's three probably, weeks... At least after three weeks, they were able to say... At least after three weeks, you guys said, All right, yeah, we stink. This is going to be a bad year. Every week, we're like, This could be a week we turn it around. This could be it. No. No. You better hope. Hopefully, you turn it around against the Lions. I mean, you lose... You lose again, I don't see how you make the playoffs. You lose, you lose again, and you know you're probably going to lose to Green Bay. You know you're probably going to lose to Minnesota. And might as well give it to Jacksonville and Houston. No, 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 no. <laughs> I will say that if there is a team that would lose to Jacksonville again, it'd be the Bears. But let's pray. The Bears didn't lose to the 0-14 Bronco or the 0-14 Browns back in 2000. That was the year that we went like three and 13. Was the year they went 0 16, and Akeem Hicks was like, "Yeah, we are not going to be that team that loses. We weren't that team then, and we're not going to be that team now that loses to a one or zero win team." So, let's just hope that doesn't happen here. Uh, anyway, to wrap things up, uh, Pittsburgh did win 19 to 14. Trace McSorley came in for RG three and threw a 70 yard touchdown. Trace McSorley, throw. <laughs> okay, I can't. I can't. He's. I love Trace McSorley. I'm sorry. He was two for six, 77 yards and a touchdown. RG3 had a pick, didn't throw a touchdown. So that's official. Pittsburgh actually won 19-14. And, yeah, we'll leave on that note. Um, We'll see you guys around next week. Have a good week.